Grimcast Manila is a podcast of creepy stories from around the metro. I'm your scaredy cat host, Antoinette, and I love a good ghost story. In this episode, we're talking to just some guy, Joey Alvaro. Joey oh. is a photographer and all-around man of the universe. He was my sister's, my best friends, and basically everyone's prom dates at a certain point in time. And is also one of my favorite human beings. Welcome to the show, Joey. Hi, Antoinette. Well, thank you for having me. And thank you for taking my sister to the prom and getting her home in one piece. Of course. <laughs> well, it, I cannot have it any other way. How many proms did you say you went to? Roughly 11, and we've talked about this. <laughs> You're a pro. You could give people tips. I was, I was just really hungry, and honestly, I could. You could. You, you mean you could give people tips on like how to I, take girls yeah. to prom? <laughs> yeah. And just to clarify, because the hunger the comment was about the food at the prom, of which my favorite <laughs> prom was the AC prom of 2007, where it was like um, Margarita Forest had had catered the event. Wow! And I remember, I remember that like eating, dancing for a little bit, seeing that no one was at the buffet, and went back for another <laughs> round of telefono. And then they were just like, Joey, come back. Let's keep dancing. I was like, after this plate, guys. <laughs> oh, God. Well, good times. Well fed. I'm glad you were able to get some more of that buffet. Anyway, um, yeah, really glad you're, you could come on. I'm so happy to see you and your gorgeous man face and your gorgeous man hair. <laughs> so let's jump right into it like what we're actually here for um so what started your interest in stuff like this and like stuff spooky and creepy have you been into it for long like what what's been up uh i've just been into horror for a very long time i used to not be because i'm ultimately a very big scaredy cat uh i still remember watching like jurassic park as a child with like hands like half over my face just so that I could block it off like as quickly as I could. And yeah, it's just a lot of creepy stuff has happened, supernaturally mm-hmm. speaking, thank God. Um, but it's been something that I've been super interested in. Like it makes me fear, but it also gets me super curious. So no matter how scary it gets, I always end up falling back into it. Na, what the hell was that? I will try to explain it to myself in a way that like it'll hopefully make sense and I don't sound crazy. So yeah, ever since I was a kid, I've just been curious about the horror, the macabre, and all that jazz, you know? Cool. And I mean, that said, do you believe in ghosts? I think I've seen things that I cannot explain. Okay. And this is coming from a photographic like background. So... Whenever I see anything that goes awry, I will try to knock off like reflections, mirrors, like smoke, any light source coming from anywhere else, potentially what it could be. So I just try to knock all of those scientific bits out just to make sure that I have an explanation. So after that, it just turns into something that I cannot fully explain. Mm. I'd like to believe in it, but like I'd always give it like the benefit of the doubt first and then. 
Like if I can't explain it, then it goes into the scary pile in the back of my head. <laughs> the scary pile in the back of your head. So let's dive into that pile. <laughs> okay. What is the first thing you remember? And what is the first thing you remember happening to you and you thinking, that's strange and unexplainable? What's this? Oh God, the the first, the thing that really marks off like a terrifying memory for me was when I was a child and I'd be sleeping on the top bunk of our bunk beds. Mm-hmm. I remember getting a lot of night terrors. I would freeze up. I would freeze up in bed and I'd be half conscious. And mm-hmm. like I would have the ability to see but not move and you'd be put in this state of panic. Mm-hmm. And the most terrifying thing was the, I remember being on my back uh, head basically like probably a foot away from the ceiling. Mm. And then, and the lights were on and I could see like, it was as if the white of the ceiling was like a far off horizon. And I could see something like not coming through the ceiling, but coming from far away, heading towards my face until I was looking at something and it felt like a face. And it was just looking at me. And it was just slowly coming towards me closer and closer. And I I just remember having so much panic and so much like fear that I would try to rock myself awake. And so I would just try to move whatever I could. And then I wore away at my inability to move until I was able to shake myself conscious. And that happened a couple of times after. I never I never really told my parents about that. But anyone at home about that, but it would happen pretty regularly. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds kind of like sleep paralysis, no, and kind of like yeah, the accompanying. Do you know if that happened to anyone else in the same house? Um, I never really bothered to ask. I should ask my family. Um, but it would happen to me, and yeah, it still happens every now and then. But luckily, I have better control over, like waking myself up from that stupor from that because that used to that used to happen to me a lot too um and straight it was in it was in my childhood home and funny enough it would only happen to me if i was sleeping in a particular bed for some reason mm-hmm. and at one point it just became so regular that either like I'd gotten really good at waking myself up. Pro tip, it's like wiggling a small extremity that usually helps. Like focusing your energy on like moving a pinky or like a tiny, tiny toe or like, you know, focusing on a tiny thing. And that just kind of helps you feel less scared and, you know, you're able to sort of snap out of it. But at one point, I was just so exasperated and so tired, I guess, from a long day or something that I just, I remember one time... It happening, I woke up and oh, here it goes again. Oh, creepy things. And I was just like, well, you know what? If this is it, this is it. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> I love I love when sleep overpowers fear. Yeah. Like, like I don't care what happens, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like if, if there is something trying to get me, Balanayajan. Which shows the true horror in this world is capitalism. <laughs> That should actually probably be the whole point of the show. Capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God, indeed. Anyway. Anyway. So, I mean, so that that was kind of your earliest memory. And um, 
Do you have any other, like, is there any particular memory for you growing up that also kind of stood out as that's pretty unexplainable? Um, Sorry, when did the sleep paralysis stuff start happening to you? Like you were maybe... I was a baby child. I think I was like seven. I see. And then after that, did anything else like happen? Um, Yeah. Uh, Oddly enough, thinking about it, it primarily happened in the stock room where I used to sleep in. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Because, yeah, wow. So I'm just realizing now that maybe that's the bad room. I just, I remember that room just being full of stuff and full of gear. And, you know, what, so how some say that um, kind of places where you kind of stock equipment and things that emit like energy and radio frequency attracts things that like to feed on it. Yeah. I've, I've, I've always thought that places that were unlived attracted that kind of energy. But, oh God. It, it really depends because I have a ton of stories. Mm. So I have a bunch of good ones where it will just leave you with like nice butterflies in your stomach kind of feeling. But I also have ones that are just still absolutely terrifying for me. So okay. it depends on which kind of story you want to start with. Let's start with a terrifying one so we can close off with the lovely butterflies that you mentioned later on. How about that? What's the worst thing that you remember? The worst thing was I I had just come home from Taft. I remember mm. driving through, driving home. And uh, I remember passing through a part of, um, what's this called? A part of Pasay. And mm-hmm. I, I forget what it's called, but it's, it's by Coastal Road. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I got home, I was just super tired. Uh, so I just went straight to sleep. I lied down on my side. Like uh, I was too lazy to turn off the lights. So the lights were still on. So I remember sleeping on my right side, looking out across my room, focusing on this um, small cabinet. So in one second, I'm conscious. The next, I'm asleep, but my eyes open. So this is Joey in dream time, looking across my room. And I see the very same cabinet. But the thing is, there was a girl standing in front of it. So, and the thing is, it's not a clear shot of the entire room. My eyes are just transfixed on the cabinet. And I can see her legs and I can see her just wearing something in white, but she was disheveled. And, mm-hmm. and the thing is, it terrified me. And then I flashed back to a part of Pasay where I was driving through. And I remember, I, I recall watching... Or seeing someone getting run over. What? Yeah. So that's not, not from reality, mind you. This is a reflection of Pasai watching someone get run over. As if they were trying to feed to me what happened. Or oh. like maybe my mind's playing tricks on me and that's just like trying to fill in the red gaps. Sure. But so I see someone getting run over and then back to my room. Mm. And while I'm still on the same side of uh, the bed sleeping in the same manner looking out the same part but she's no longer there at the end of the room standing by the cabinet by the time I come back from that flashback she's right in front of my bed oh my god yeah okay so at that point as is one very strong brave 
college student is to do. I grab my pillow, I grab my kumot, and I run to my parents' room. <laughs> okay. And I run to my parents' room. And as I get into my parents' room, suddenly it's afternoon. Okay. And I I jump on their bed and I just look at them. I start shouting at them, Mom, Dad, something's coming, something's coming. I only say this because they also acknowledge the existence of spirits and they both, uh, they say that they can see. So I tell them this. They look at me and then they look at the doorway where the girl is currently entering now. And mind you, she's not running. She's just doing the Pepe Lip you creepy walking towards you slowly and she'll eventually get you kind of moment. And she's right there. And my parents are looking at her and then they look back to me and they tell me nothing's there. So um, at this point, I was like, okay, I can't rely on these people. I grab my pillow. I grab my pillow and I try to block her face so that I don't have to look at her coming towards me. So I block her face. But the thing is, as my pillow touches the f- edge of her face from the perspective, it fo- her the side of her face follows the edge of the pillow. So no matter how hard I try to put the pillow over her face, over her image to block it, she will not get behind the pillow. She will not get blocked from my field of view. So here I am twirling on the bed, trying to like stop this image from coming closer to me. And I'm just spinning frantically as she's just slowly getting closer and closer. And then at last minute, at last second, her face is just right in front of me and I'm just freaking out mentally. So when she's almost face to face to me, when she was face to face, face to face to me, I wake up. Okay. I wake up. And I'm looking at the very same perspective from the dream, very same perspective from before I fell asleep. And that was terrifying, but not as terrifying as the hands I felt were on my shoulders. What? Gripping me. Yeah. Oh my God. So I grabbed my pillow. I grabbed my kumot, just like one brave college student would do. <laughs> and I, would, I ran to my parents' room. Thankfully, it was not afternoon this time. It was pitch black. Uh, parents were sleeping there. Thankfully, they had a couch. And then they asked me, Joey, what's oh. wrong? And then the first thing I said, I don't want to talk about it. And I just proceed to sleep. Okay. And I only felt comfortable in that space because um, for the other fans of the occult and also for the fans of uh, religious iconography, we have an ancient like class three re- Christian relic. What's so, a class three Christian relic? So there are three classes of Christ- of relics. So... The first relic is there are items that were that had at some point made contact with a dead or living saint. Okay. Or possibly something from the saints. So okay. the class one is an item that has touched the figure or the frame of a saint. Remember when I remember there was this one time back in the 90s that the saint was paraded around here. And okay. there were like like rose petals that you would wipe across the the enclosure of that saint. Mm. Technically, that's a class one relic. Class two relics are items that were owned previously by the saint, I think. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, that was a what, like piece of their sandal, like ten, like clothes, like fragments. Class one relic is the body or blood or hair or bone of a saint. Like the part so, of the saint. Yeah. So my great grandparents somehow acquired this. And it has like three saints worth of stuff. <laughs> so the blood cool. of a saint, the bone of a saint, this, this, the, the hair of another saint. So hair, blood, bone. 
So, and then, so that's like the Alvero family uh, protective item. So, somehow it gives me this peace of mind that, okay, they okay. won't like fuck around with me here. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. And, yeah, I didn't sleep in my room for months. So, wait. Okay. All right. So, you, you slept there and, you know, it was all good. You felt better. Did you ever tell your parents what had happened? Did they ask? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And? Um, I remember it being a… I don't think that's one of ours. It's probably just a traveling one. What do you mean that's not one of ours? Like so in the house? The, yeah. So apparently we have like <sighs> three of them around the house. But they're pretty chill. It's… it's uh, they're, they're, they're friendly. Okay. They don't really bother you. Yeah. I have a slight confession to make. Who um, did you see? I didn't see anyone because I don't want to see anything. I, I I think I may have like shut that down very early on in my life. Um, but I don't know if you noticed that I would never be like left alone in your house. Like whenever I'd come over and I used to come over a lot because I'd either drop you home or you drop me off at home because we live nearish. Um, whenever you say, oh, I'm just going to go to the kitchen. I'll be like, let me come with you. I'm just going to hang out here while you do kitcheny things. And like, I remember just for some reason, like lights would always be off. Like, I mean, whenever we would get to your house, it would probably be after school. And, you know, maybe it was like after dinner or something. And like lights would already be off. So we would go down hallway, the hallway or the, the sala area would not have any lights on. And the only lights on would be yeah. your brother's room, the kitchen, and your room. Well, I would like to say that that's no longer the case with the advent of LED bulb technology. <laughs> uh, we, we have a permanently on light in the middle of the hallway. And the second it's six o'clock, the front lights are on. So, yeah. Um, that's no longer a problem. Too. Um, yeah, it's funny too because I realized that when my mom is here with my dad, he can sleep with the lights off. But whenever my mom is not here with us, she has to work somewhere, and my dad is home, he sleeps with the light on. Because <laughs> if there's something that I love hearing from my mom, because she tells my uh, she tells me about dad, na takotin yun eh. Because <laughs> apparently he can see as well. And one of my favorite like ideas is the fact that he used to see a army soldier in his building in BGC before. And that was the funniest thing. Like he didn't like staying late for work because he'd feel scared because the, the guy was just apparently walking around the office. Oh my. Was it a particularly old building? Nope. It was a new building. It was an office building, one of the high-rise ones. I'm so scared because I work in like BGC and it's like a, I work in a new building. <laughs> well, we're gonna ask you oh, up no. where. It's it's in one of the it's 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 in one of the fringe parts of BGC, like the one right beside um, the housing area on the far left, the one near the base. Oh, oh not okay, by the base. Okay. The other side. I mean the the one that. Uh, you know that overpass that goes over from uh, Buendia going down to DTC? Mm. If you like follow the SNR side. instead of going down, yeah. It's on that far end, like the fringe of BGC on that mm. area. 
fun times. Again, going to ask you off air where that is because that's near where they were. Anyway, so you said, you said, okay, you said that there were three of yours Mm. in the house and your parents said that one was just passing through. That's not one of ours. So what are these ones of yours? Who are these ones of yours rather? Uh, I don't know. They, they don't really like. They don't really bother me much. So they don't really do anything overtly spooky. Like they're they're the kinds who you'd see in the corner of your eye, sort of like, oh, someone's there. Okay. So okay. I think that's how I'm not as scared nowadays. Okay. But yeah. when, do you know anything of them? Absolutely nothing. Mm, like, maybe better I've, that I've way. never tried to. Uh, yeah, I've, I've not tried to communicate. Yeah. Or has anyone told you anything about them? Nope. Um, okay. My father will not talk about it. My mom. They just there. So it's like very chill, kind of like they're here, sort of thing. Okay. All right. Okay. Oh God. So that is. What, are you okay? <laughs> oh yeah. No, I'm good. It's just more along the lines of I feel bad. They have. No further investigative like powers into that part. I Hell should no. try, maybe. Um, not on my account. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I'm gonna feel super bad if something happens. Yeah, Phoebe. it's gonna be good content. <laughs> Just kidding, PV. Uh, I just a, a message popped up just from PV, just going maybe not. <laughs> no, it it'll we'll see. I am a. I am the captain of my own ship. I shall Indeed you are. see to this. Okay, so so that was the worst. That was the worst that you remember. Yeah. And this was when you were in college. What is yeah. the the next not so bad but also bad thing? <laughs> like also pretty bad. Um in like follow up in second college in CSB. Mm. I remember taking part in a workshop that was it's very cliche college ghost story where it happens in a resort outside of of school. Ah. And it was it was somewhere in Cavite. Mm-hmm. And it was just me and some other dudes. And these are like big dudes. And and we're like the older generation. And I got to take part just because they knew I was a transferee. Okay. So and I was still older than these guys, so it fucking sucked. <laughs> um <laughs> And and uh, I remember I was sitting across two guys. There was a guy beside me, two other guys on my left, and one guy on my right. So this mm-hmm. is like a like a table side sort of like setup. Mm-hmm. So it's like four four bench like things sitting across from each other. Mm-hmm. And I it was pretty late in the night, and the most terrifying thing was someone says, Oh no! Which is always the worst thing. So the thing is, my f- my seatmate just says that to my friend in the right. They they've known each other for a while now, and they both apparently could see. So they look across the way, right across from me, and then another guy goes. Shh. And then as he goes, Shh, the thing is, there's a corridor far off. We're outdoors. This is in a wooded area. There's a guy, and there's a, a corridor lined with lights. And the thing is, I get a lot of the corner of my eye sort of like moments. But this one, 
there were lights strewn across the alleyway, the, the path, the corridor, and individually I see them being blocked off one by one by something mm. physically there. So I was like, okay, someone just walked by there. So I turned to my mm. left and then I see nothing. No one's walking there. Mm. And then another guy says, the guy across from me says, Nakita And then he slowly turns his head to the left, to his left, which is to my right, where the right part is, is basically a giant tree. Ah. And then the guy on my left, facing towards the tree, was like, looking down on the ground. Wag yung pag-usapan tinitignan tayo. And then that was like the moment where like, ah, fuck. Oh no. So, 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 it was just like that. And then, here's the thing. None of us could help ourselves. And they asked each other, like, what did you see? And they just basically described the brown, like, blob figure sort of thing. It's like, not really well defined. One guy says, it's just a guy in brown. And then the thing that freaked us out was, which I flirted later on, was the guy to my left who was just looking down on the ground but was fully aware of the situation was, Sabi ngang wag yung pag-usapan eh. <laughs> and the thing is, as he says that, the guy beside me felt a hand on his side and then like there's this rustling of his clothes and then we're all like, fuck. And we just jumped up and speed walked to our um, our cabin. <laughs> and the, th- the thing is, like the cabin, the kids were already sleeping. So we're like, okay, there's there's a kitchen. And then we find ourselves ourselves in the most precarious, like visually precarious place. Because it was a tiny kitchen. On the left side is a very open window. And it's just basically a walk-in. It's like a tiny kitchen. And on the far right... Facing right across from the window is a giant mirror. <laughs> ah. So we all, we all just look at each other and then just slowly look down. <laughs> and we spend like 30 minutes like trying to figure out what to do. And then and then like responsibility kicks in and then like saying that I think it was like two o'clock in the morning now. Okay. So they're like, we need to go to sleep. We still have shit to do tomorrow. Like <laughs> <laughs> on on three break. And luckily, my bed is right beside the door of that kitchen. Okay. So on three, we just all broke out and quietly went straight to the beds as quick as we could. So I just jumped into the bed, put the pillow over my face, and forced myself to sleep. <laughs> yeah. it's. I mean, I do appreciate that even if you guys were already scared out of your minds, there was still the the presence of mind or like keeping it together that it you didn't like book it and run as fast as you could. You were speed walking, you know, keeping your composure. And like, it was all very, okay, on three break, very like adult, very not how I would have dealt with the situation. I would have been like, at the first sign of anything, I'd be like, bye (laughs) y'all. I I think it was all it was both understanding of the like as close as understanding as we could get to understanding that like situation and also the machismo. <laughs> the <laughs> man, I won't show these guys I'm a bitch. No. 
That's, but I'm, that's... I'm sure we we're all fucking terrified. <laughs> and you said that these guys are all like huge bacho dudes. Yeah, they're all big dudes. Oh, man. But did you ever find, did anybody ever explain the next day what it was, what the brown thing was? Or, you know, that guy who was looking at the ground sort of with his eyes cast down or the guy whose shirt or clothes were ruffled? Or did nobody we just didn't talk know about, about it again? We didn't know about the ruffled shirt until after when hmm. we were on the bus home. Because they're like, you know why, you know why, we like, we, we, like I told you guys to move, man, like, just go. Yeah, my someone was touching my side already, and that's why I had to tell you guys to go. So it's like, oh my god. Um, the closest we got was the fact that the caretaker for the area said, "Yeah, he, he's around here a lot." He? Yeah, like the uh, Ursha, like he's like like the the apparition apparently is just there, Pero, but nothing nothing too malicious. Just trying to feel up a guy's shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lord knows I wish someone would do that to me right now. Good <laughs> Lord, I need that <laughs> physical uh, like acknowledgement of like, hey buddy, it's okay, I'm here. That's okay, hon. Well, you know You'll what they say. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> oh no, I I I've found my ways to fight it off. Okay. All right. Huh. And so this is still in college, though. Like, I mean, before we leave your college years, and, and I mean, you, I, I do know where you went to high school, and I, I've had some people on the show who've shared some pretty creepy things. Just to check, anything happened to you there, or did you experience anything there? I mean, I know there was some pretty sad stuff that happened, kind of in recent memory, and like a lot of people say stuff about maybe like phantom kids just running around playing tricks on the guards um, at night. Never never experienced it myself, but mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of stories about the theater. I've not heard built, any, actually. Yeah, there it was built on that area. Like it, the theater was built on that grim area mm. where it happened. Mm. And so... Bang. Some of the production people who would do the theater stuff, they would always feel creeped out, feeling that someone was behind them. Mm. Well, not always, but specifically the guys who do the spot, mm. the spotlights up top. And yeah, they, you just feel an unnerving presence around you. But it wasn't pervasive and constant. Like every now and then you'll just feel a bit creeped out, but that's it. I don't know why and what it is about theaters in schools. I, I don't know. It's just like maybe it's because when they're full up, they're like full of life and kids and noise and hustle and bustle. And then it's like when nothing is going on there, it's like it leaves this sort of vacuum. And it's like in every theater, there's always this sort of feeling of of something mm-hmm. like creepy or just you know, you feeling not alone or like something's watching you. And I don't know. I don't know if that's a theater thing. Well, I, I think the fact that the theater itself does not feel the cleansing light of sunlight. Mm, like that too. it's eternally dark. So, and the fact that it's nice to get away from living people. Mm. So it's a good place to like really be as mm. opposed to having to deal with like too much going around you. So Fair. Like- <laughs> Fair enough. Looking forward to the afterlife, Joey Alvaro. <laughs> <laughs> which theater? Which theater would you pick to hang out in? 
the, the, the CD ones in Cubao. <laughs> the CD ones in Cubao with like the painted caratulas of movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, good lord, yes. Do they still do Let's that? Let's get weird. I, <laughs> I'm unsure, actually. But it was such and, an art uh, form, no? Oh, yeah, the caratulas, yeah. Um, Some of them actually in in a weird like documentary thing we shot before. I got to talk to a guy who was a caratula maker. Like, he was a movie poster maker. And after, like, the demand for it went down, he went into painting and customizing Jeeps. So if you recall the Jeeps in in Cubao, the ones particularly with a very dramatic, like, yeah. very comic style, where it's like, it's like the new yeah. age Batman, Joker kind of, like, illustrations. Yeah, yeah. That was him. I love that. That's actually. awesome. Yeah, I'm just glad that he had another job after. And it, admittedly, working smaller pieces on more items, I think, was a mm. good like shift for him. As opposed to like a poster every other movie. Right. Speaking of Cobao, we used to hang out there a lot um, during our college years. And the area that we did frequent a lot, like sort of the Cobao X area, was honestly pretty darn creepy. Oh, yeah. It's, I think, my favorite part of that was my mom coming with me to one of the, really? to the vintage shops. Yeah. Okay. I remember I enter in first and then as she's coming in, she grabs my shoulder. Joey, wag dito. <laughs> and then she proceeds to explain why something's in there and I don't like it. Did she explain what? No, no, no. She just felt it. Like a strong presence apparently there. Mm. But luckily, it was only one of the shops there. Although, to be fair, some of the other vintage shops might have brought in a new piece recently. So I don't know. I don't know. It's like, the. I mean, it was, uh, there were like the cool hipster, like brand new facelifted shops and all that. But there were some of the older shops that were in that area, which would like sell old records, old stuff, vintage things, and just sort of like antiques. And you know, some of them, it was it was cool because, you know, you could like just dig through and find like such gems. But a lot of them did feel like once you would step in, it would, it's like a, a whole new world in a cave or something. Yeah. It's just it's like a slice of history. It's like a, a, a vignette of what had gone through, what had been. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So that was that was then. And do you have any other particular memories that stand out, like that were particular, like made you think, like, whoa, that was creepy, or like any other experiences? Oh, um, the so I tried to not practice the standard, like terrifying standard, like things that could screw up your perspective in proof. So whenever I see something creepy, I always make sure to not turn my head focus on the thing that had just happened and mm. walk towards it. So, you know you know how if something creepy happens and then you kind of get scared, you black out sort of like, you just kind of recoil a bit and then you lose like um, your line of sight. Uh, this one happened to me again in the theater in DLSU where I was a prod dude. Like we were all, it was break time. We were just fucking around in the back mm. and basically hide and seek. And I was looking across this corridor, well lit, everything's bright, everything's white, and there's this box on the right side. It's the narrow corridor. And then the thing is, from one of the open areas, it didn't have like a curtain on its side, 
So it couldn't have been just something blowing across it. Someone jumps across from that doorway behind that box. So I thought it was my friend. And I thought he just didn't realize that I saw him hide behind this box. So I was like, okay, I'm going to catch you. And I just look at the box. He couldn't have run backwards because if he had run backwards, I would have seen that. There was no other way unless he goes back into that corridor. But again, my eyes were trained right on the box and Uh that corridor. Like halfway through, I just realized this kind of feels weird. And then as I come in closer, I look and peer behind the box and nothing's there. And I just like, oh, okay, fuck. (laughs) And then I just go look for my friends like, okay, I'll just, I'll just not go back there for a while. Yeah. But you were totally alone when this happened. I was totally alone and I didn't stop looking. I just Mm. never cut line of sight. Right. So yeah, that's one of the other creepy things that I still can't figure out. So wait, whatever jumped looked like a person. Yep. And just you thought that they were like playing around. Just like, I'm going to hide here. Come find me, Joey. Yeah, basically that's it. Huh. And yeah, that was, that was... Any chance this was in the org building? No, it was in the new building. What's that thing? Andrew? No, not, not, well, sorry. I only say the new building when it refers to the new building for older folk. <laughs> um, you itch. What's the, Yuchenko, yeah, it was on Yuchenko. In the theater of Yuchenko. Ah, where the fresh um, fresh orientations were yeah. held. Huh. Good times. Good uh, times. Honest, not not my scariest moment in Yuchenko, to be fair. Pero, what is like, your scariest moment in oh, Yuchenko? I screwed up the name of one of the deans during a live event. And I never oh. want to speak of that ever again. <laughs> well, I mean… Yuchenko was a, had a very special place in a lot of people's hearts because you could rent lockers and they also had really great bathrooms. Oh, so, yeah. Fourth floor bathroom. Oh, yes. Damn. So what I would do is I would <laughs> rent a locker and I'd like leave some books and magazines and maybe a jacket and, you know, some like lovely toiletries. And whenever I had to use the facilities, that would be my go-to. I'd like stop by the locker get some supplies, and uh, have some me time on campus. <laughs> Always nice. It's it, it's pivotal talaga in being in a college or in anywhere. Figuring out the best comfort room is like your number one like priority talaga when you enter a new space. True. That said, did you, I mean, we were in the same org for quite a while. Um, and did you ever have to, like do any org activities in the building in the back of Miguel. It's this tiny building called Muchin Marie. It's like this two-floor situation. Oh yeah, yeah. Um I think we had a workshop there once, but I didn't feel anything. Nothing nothing screamed with me. For me, the the buildings at school that really, really creeped me out was that one. And the teacher's building. Um, but yeah, I know that that building was super creepy. And I knew there was a theater back there. And there's like um, these uh, little picnic tables under like trees. And was, I don't know. Yeah. It was just always too quiet because not a lot of people like hung out back there. Yeah. That's where the teachers would smoke. And ah. yeah, and also behind the gate of that, there was like a gate to a parking area for teachers. And that's was where there? also they would smoke further. There was supposed to be one. I remember that's what 
my other professor said uh, they would go there to smoke. Never, never. So technically not on campus. Yeah, yeah, technically not on campus. But yeah, there's another. You know, it's it's so far away, and again, it it's just so devoid of human activity that I feel like it's just very welcoming. It's a very welcoming space for anything otherworldly. Or mm, things so, yeah. that want to stay away from stupid kids. Yeah. Sorry, cat, cats meowing, <laughs> buddy. I like that meow was so perfect for that like moment. Sweetheart. This is not your time to shine. He's a cat. Every moment is his time to shine. Fair enough. Okay. Going, coming back to it. So that was college. Did anything happen to you like that was particularly like creepy after that? Oh God, this is going to suck. Especially if my ex Why? hears about this. Well, do we cannot be specific. I, oh, no, but I only sleep over at one person's place. Oh, but okay. anyway. So, if only if you're comfortable. No, here's the thing. So I haven't felt that kind of fear in a long time. But probably mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, I was staying over at my ex's place. And I saw, I felt something looking at me from outside this bay window. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I could feel something just looking at me. And no matter what I would do, like I would shift my position and everything else. It was just such a pervasive feeling of something's presence, but outside of the house. Just like looking in. Boring at you. Like boring yeah. at you. And and it was just so consistent. And I couldn't shake the feeling that I thought about leaving the house in the middle of the night. Oh, so it persisted. Yeah. It, the thing is. It wasn't. It wasn't a complex kind of like feeling or this of this haunting of some sort. It's just something was unnerving me from that window. Okay. And uh, it got to the point where I was up for like a couple of hours, and I just kept thinking, "This hasn't subsided. I've tried everything I could. I think I should leave right now." Okay. And did you tell your girlfriend at the time? What, how did this play out? Uh, I didn't tell her. She still doesn't know. Oh my God, I hope she doesn't read, watch this or listen to this. And yeah, and the thing is, it was just there and I couldn't shake it. And it, it's, it's, it's the fact that it wasn't complicated. The fact that it wasn't like something haunting me. It's just looking at you. Yeah. It's terrifying. And the fact that and it then, persisted and only from that direction. Only from that direction. So I did the... But the thing is, so so I try... I shuffle around in bed. I try to cover up my face. The face trick doesn't work. I make a small fort. I love how I sound like a child in <laughs> dealing with this. Because the other methods are not childlike. It involves a lot of like emotion and just like screaming. Yeah. But like I, I put up like a <laughs> pillow fort. Doesn't work. And the thing is, I was like, okay, I think I need to leave. So... And here's the thing, I tried to get up and then as I'm shifting, I press my hand like beside uh, my part, my, uh, my girlfriend, ex-girlfriend's like hand just as like, so I could shuffle out and I'm trying to make as little noise as possible. And then her unconscious self like reaches over my hand and just holds my hand. Oh and no, like, you're stuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
and so, so I just you, let it. Yeah. Yeah, I was locked in for the rest of the night. I was like, oh God. And you never found out what it was. I never found out what it was because I feel like that was something that was traveling. Something free of like a locked-in area. Because mm-hmm. her place is relatively clear. Mm. It's just that that one time was terrifying for me. And ever since then, I never got to experience that. So, And it was just like that one night that you were there. Yeah. It's, it's really those, those ones that are free to travel. Those are the scary ones for me. Because the ones locked in in the house, locked in in a certain area, I feel like… They've gotten chiller. used to like things. Yeah. Right. And they just like exist there. I mean, they're, mm. they're probably there because they can like live with it, right? Mm. But so you've mentioned this like concept of travelers um, twice now. And um, did you ever have any other experiences with some of the traveling sort again? Not really because I don't really spend a lot of time long enough outside of my house to compare that kind of like Mm. uh, sudden experience that is totally out of the blue and totally just like intense. But Mm. yeah, I just just don't have that. uh, I don't have any other location that I've been to that I've stayed in so consistently to show me like a consistent standard presence and the special ones that come out of the blue. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Um, now that we've talked about some of the pretty stressful, really creepy stuff, you mentioned that there were some other experiences that you said would leave butterflies in our stomach. And I'm very much looking forward to, you know, some of these shivers in my timbers going away because I'm pretty freaked out right now. (laughs) Really? I thought you'd be used to this kind of thing right now. No, man. I'm never going to get used to this. Like, I guess that's the fun of it all. Like, I still get the shivers. And, like, my hair was standing up at one point when you were telling me about the lady with the pillow and the things. So, um, yeah. I mean, you mentioned some of these butterfly-inducing stories. Please regale us. I think um, uh, this one I wouldn't count as being real. What? But because a lot of my experiences involve me being half asleep or in dream time. So that's where I am like able to see things significantly clearly. Whereas outside in the conscious real world bang, I see mm. like blobs and like things in shadowy the figures. Yeah. Where and jumping sleep, things. Yeah. <laughs> In sleep, I am. I, I see things clearly, and I think uh, one of the funniest ones for me. Uh, both of these experiences involve my grandfather, by the way. Okay. Um, in in the first one, which is my funny dream, which I think isn't real. God, I hope okay. it's not real. I sleep. I fall asleep, and in my dream, I'm just sitting up in my bed, and I think I'm about to enjoy myself. In cool. In a very like terrible manner. So as I'm about to enjoy myself, I my grandfather kicks in the door, <laughs> and then the first words out of his mouth were Joey Badian. Oh no! <laughs> and, then, and, and then I wake up in a shock. I wake up in a shock. I'm like, oh, uh. <laughs> and then she's like, oh god. 
okay, Dodo, sorry. <laughs> and I proceed, I proceed to be very chaste for a couple of months. <laughs> wow. Um, and then, but my other one, which really helped me a lot mm. in dealing with uh, death, was my when a few months after my grandfather had passed, I was spending an afternoon in San Pablo in our uh, mm. place in Laguna. Uh, and I proceeded to lie down in the living room to take a quick nap. Mm. And in the quick nap, I get up from myself. Like I, it was very out of body experience that instead of like floating away, I'm just walking around. I get up from my sleeping form and I walk, and I'm just drawn to my grandfather's room. Okay. I get up and I walk to his room. And as I open the door, I see my grandfather holding a newspaper and he's just in his standard uh, sando and slacks with his fuzzy slippers on. And I could, like, it was really intense because it also had the same kind of, um, I remember smelling. Like smelling? He, how he smelled. Yeah, oh, wow. he, he had, yeah. So, so I look at him and I'm just surprised. And then he looks at me and he is also surprised. Oh. And and so I, so I just basically just run up them and hug them and he hugs me back. And then mm. from that point, I wake up. And then when I wake up, it was the same feeling as I would usually get after an intensive amount of meditation where right. I feel just fully at peace. Aww. And that was like one of the, my favorite like moments. For That's wonderful. Yeah, it really was. It's so funny that he was also surprised to see you like, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, like from that point, I really felt like he was just basically spending his time watching over my grandmother. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, I think that is a lovely note to end it on. I think <laughs> dreams are some of the most terrifying and some of the most wonderful things that can happen to you, especially when it comes to, you know, things beyond us. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, technically, they're not beyond us because they're happening from within our brains. But I don't know, man. You never know how these things come about. <laughs> and, I, I like following through with... Yeah? Yeah, go on. Anyway. No, you know. It's just nice having this as a palate cleanser after all of the terrifying stories. <laughs> yeah. I hope they don't haunt you in the middle of your sleep. Um, no. I will make sure of that. There are, there are precautions in place. <laughs> How is PV? He's wonderful. <laughs> what do you mean? Like now or like in general? No, in, in the fact that he's your precaution. <laughs> um, it's great because he usually doesn't sleep at night. Um, because I, I suppose that is, that is so handy. Yeah. So it's like, there's this thing I read on social media about how, um, well, it was, a, it was a comment on how um, there's this perceived masipagness in waking up early. But in, in all reality, if you were in a tribe and like trying to survive, you would want people up at like on watch at all hours because, you know, you'd want someone up at the campfire watching for bears or things that would try to eat you. So he's the one watching for bears trying to eat us at night. In this case, the Aww. the little spookies. But I don't think he minds because he probably he spends if he's not working, he's spending most of it watching wrestling. So, which I am not a great huge fan of. So oh, it all man. works out. Okay, that's that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Aww. 
anyway, so this is like a wonderful note, I think, to wrap up on. Thank you for joining us, Joey. At this point, is there anything you want to share to the good people of the internet? What have you been up to? I know you've been pretty busy lately. What's been going on? Uh, so, uh, Joey Alvera, Hermit Extraordinaire, has not showed himself in public in quite a while, even before the pandemic. I am full of anxiety, but I'm finally going to therapy. And I'm working on all my issues. And uh, you can find me at joeyalvera.com. <laughs> yeah, joeyalvera.com. You'd be surprised what you'll find there. Not going to tell you what's on it. <laughs> It'll be just a surprise. Find out for yourselves. I need the traffic. <laughs> But I guess for further context, so it's not a complete surprise, Joey is an amazing photographer, a brilliant artist, and, you know, just a general joy to be around. So, you know, thank you. Go that, on, visit that, that site. Anyway, thank you so much again, Joey, for being on. Um, this thank you for having gr- me. Absolutely. This has been Grimcast Manila with your host, Antoinette. You can find more episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and everywhere you find your podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Manila. And we do have a group called Grimcast Manila, a group for ghosts and ghouls or vice versa. Well, you'll find it from the page. Anyway, Grimcast Manila is a podcast of creepy stories from around the metro and is produced, recorded, and distributed by Big Baby Studios. Find out more about our other shows on Big Baby at itsabigbaby.com or facebook.com slash bigbabystudios. Have a lovely day, evening, morning, whatever, and see you at the next one. Bye, guys. (laughs) 